right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Journey Podcast with Michael and Ryan. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be doing a solo episode this week. It's not something that we're probably going to be doing too often, but every now and then when life just happens, uh, one or two of us may, may not be able to make it, so we're just going to roll and go solo. Uh, so this week I am going to be guiding you guys through, I'm just, just having a greater understanding of anxiety, having a greater understanding of some tools some techniques and some strategies that you can use and implement if anxiety, if is something that you suffer with long-term or if, if it's just something that comes up in the moment. So as you guys would know from listening to this podcast, I am a qualified naturopath and predominantly most of the work that I do with clients is helping support them through anxiety, helping them sort through mental health dysfunctions and diseases. And one thing that I have learnt in the last four years working with over 200 clients from 25 different countries is that everyone's story, everyone's journey and everyone's signs and symptoms and root cause of anxiety is unique. It's all different. And quite often it's not just made up of one thing, quite often it's made up of a magnitude of things. Because anxiety is extremely multifaceted, right? It's tied up in past traumas, it's tied up in gut health, it's tied up in dysregulated blood sugars, it's tied up in neurological imbalances, you know? It's tied up in nutritional deficiencies, Um, it's tied up with central nervous system dysfunction. It can even be tied to hydration and sleep and our exposure to sunlight and even exercise. So what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about anxiety, my understanding of it, my experience with it and some of the tools that we use with clients to help them just to thrive, to help them find their unique root cause and to give them tools and techniques and strategies so that they can thrive long term. Because that's realistically what we aim to do with the work that I do and even the work that Mike does with rebirthing breath work. It's not just about trying to give people a quick fix. It's about helping someone discover themselves. It's about helping someone unpack what's going on and giving them an opportunity to show up with them for themselves in a powerful way. It's about changing the story, changing the script. It's about letting go of who you think you are or who you think you have to be and allowing yourself to step into who you truly are. Right? Something that I always talk about with clients and something you guys would have heard me say before is all of this work is a journey of self-acceptance. It's about self-understanding and it's about understanding who we are uniquely, accepting those aspects of ourselves and then integrating this work into ourselves. Now, when we talk about anxiety, uh, something that I always go like to go back to is a quote from Lewis Hayes. And it's the idea that anxiety is steeped in worry and a need for control. It's an inability to trust the flow and process of life and not allowing ourselves to just be. Right, to not trust that process of life. And the reason for this can happen and can be different for every single person, you know? 
It could be related to past traumas, past experiences that have become trapped in our nervous system. And that's really, really important thing to understand because psychosomatically, if we don't allow ourselves to move through past experiences, right, all these things are going to do is to get trapped in our soma, to get trapped in our body. And then when something or a situation happens that's very, very similar to the situation in the past, the body only knows how to respond based on the way in which it's responded in the past. You know, when cortisol, adrenaline, and all these stress hormones are running through our body, our cognitive ability has declined. And the brain only has one job, and that's to keep us safe. So it's going to try extremely hard to do that. And predominantly, that comes through the mechanism of acting in the exact same way as we have in the past. All right, and quite often these past experiences that happen to us, they aren't us. They're not things that we have planted. They're not seeds that we have planted. They're seeds that other people have planted for us. All right, and what we don't actually understand is the flower won't grow in a garden full of weeds. And all of these situations, all of these ideas, all of these past experiences that we've gone through are actually weeds that other people have planted in our garden. But we... we because we create such a story around them, because we create such an identity around them, right? It's really hard to even identify that these are weeds in our garden, right? We see them as flowers. So we choose not to pluck them. We choose to hang on to them, we choose to hold on to them, and we choose to try and grow around them instead of allowing ourselves to rip them out at the root. All right, but when we go through and work through all of these past experiences, when we start to identify that these aspects of ourselves are no longer us, when we start to let go of the stories, we start to do the gardening, we start to get rid of the weeds, we start to put more energy into the, into the flowers, all right, more lighters catch it, there's no weeds strangling you, that is the rose. It means you can thrive, you can flourish, and you can show up for yourself. Now that's really, really difficult, all right? Because people want to just start thriving straight away. But you gotta do some gardening first. You gotta rip out a few weeds. You gotta go to work. You gotta get your fingers dirty. And this can be the really, really challenging thing, right? Because when you're pulling out weeds, you're gonna get a few thorns in your fingers. There's gonna be a few challenging situations that you're gonna to have to work through. You're gonna to have to rewire your nervous system around. All right, you're gonna to have to go into a past emotion so that you can actually give yourself the space and freedom to release it. And that can be really, really challenging. That can be really, really hard. And this is why with naturopathy and the work that I do with clients, we don't just focus on going into the past experience. We don't just focus on going into the past traumas straight away. What we actually look at doing is reconditioning the nervous system, right? Making sure people are getting enough sleep, they get enough water, they're getting exercise, they're getting the right balance of nutrients and any nutritional deficiencies are covered. We make sure we're getting their hormones balanced. We make sure that if there are any neurotransmitter deficiencies, we're working on those. We make sure if their gut health isn't working right, we're working on those. 
Because if you're just trying to work on reconditioning the mind, when the body is in a state of shock and fright and sympathetic nervous system dominance or in a state of inflammation, then it's going to be really, really hard to have the energy, the willpower, the want, the need, and the ability to hold yourself in a space to be able to move through those past experiences, right? Your nervous system is going to be so wound up that if you just go straight into it, right, it's just going to get tightened even more. You're not going to have the energy to be able to work through it. So this is why it's really important when we're looking to work through mental health dysfunctions, all right, because that's all it is. It's not a disease. It's not a condition. It's merely a dysfunction of the mind, body, spirit, soul, all the things. And when we can start to show up for ourselves even more, when we can start to do the things that are going to make us feel good, when we start to heal our gut, balance those neurotransmitters, as I said before, we're going to have the energy to be able to work through some of these past experiences. All right, because trauma is a big, big part of it, right? And understanding trauma is a huge part of it. That's why when we're working with clients, we like to be trauma-informed. That's why with the breath work we do, we like to hold a space for people to be able to release, to feel safe, to go deep, because the safer they feel, the deeper they'll allow themselves to go. The more they'll allow themselves to release, and the more you can release. All right, so obviously when we're working with clients, like a big aspect of it is the trauma release breath work. And that's something that we do about once a month to help them really give themselves a space to release, to let go, to, to drop out of the conscious mind, to drop into the subconscious mind, to allow prana and energy to move throughout the body, and for the breath to help us to release these past experiences that we're ready to release. Right, because trauma plays a huge part. You know, there's been lots of clinical research to show the, the effects that trauma has on other aspects of the body as well. Right? Obviously, we're going to be more hypervigilant when we're in a trauma, trauma state. We're going to be more inflamed when we're in a state of trauma. All, and all of this comes down to our sympathetic nervous system being in a state of overreactiveness. Right, meaning that we're not able to live in our parasympathetic nervous system. Right? Or even for some people, their parasympathetic is actually overcharged. It means they're too docile. Right? It means they fawn a lot. They shut down a lot. They don't have the energy to be able to show up in the world. And this is actually something really, really important to understand if they're in a sympathetic nervous system dominant state or a parasympathetic nervous system dominant state and one of the ways in which we actually check that is actually through the breath right understanding um, breath hold times and when clients breathe in and hold and what their breath hold time is and when clients breathe out and hold and know what their breath hold time is this is a tool that I use to tell us whether or not they're in a parasympathetic nervous system state or a sympathetic nervous system state and then from there there's different tools that we can use to move between there's different herbs that we can use, there's different nutrients that we focus on, um, there's different protocols that we go into, all to help them come back into balance, 
come back into that place where their nervous system is like a seesaw, right? Because we want to be able to switch between sympathetic, our stress response, and parasympathetic, our rest and digest response. We don't want to be stuck in one, and we don't want it to be take too long for us to be able to go between the two, right? It should be like a seesaw. We should be able to go up and down whenever we like. All right, so one of the big things that that uh, we need to understand and work on when we're working with clients is actually gut health. I mean, gut health plays so many roles when it comes to our mental health and mental health dysfunctions. All right, one of the main things or roles that it plays is actually an inflammation. All right, if we're eating a whole lot of refined foods, if our gut's inflamed, if we have something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or um, dysbiosis, then there's a chance that there's an overgrowth of bad bacteria and what this overgrowth of bad bacteria can do is actually create something called leaky gut all right and when there's something called leaky gut it means our gut lining is inflamed all right because our gut is actually permeable all right it's got these little holes in it they call tight junctions and if our digestive system is inflamed these tight junctions stay open they stay trapped open and it means food and other inflammatory compounds can get out into the bloodstream and wreak havoc on other aspects of the body and inflammation can also pass through the blood-brain barrier. These inflammatory cytokines can pass through the blood-brain barrier and affect the production of different neural transmitters. You know, if we're inflamed in the body, we're going to be inflamed in the mind. And if we have an inflamed mind, it means our synaptic processing isn't going to be able to function fast enough. All right, it means we're not going to be able to create serotonin and dopamine norepinephrine and all of these happy hormones all right which means we're always going to be fighting an uphill battle because we might be taking sam e or we might be taking um ssris but they're only going to work if the rest of our body is functioning and we're not in a state of inflammation all right so there's many things that we can do to help um decrease inflammation in the gut and that's just working through a gut health protocol all right lots of different whole foods understanding what what aspects or foods actually cause inflammation in your body right because we are all unique there's certain foods that cause me inflammation that may not cause you inflammation so something that we go through as clients if they do have gut issues is about and, and signs of inflammation is about understanding that a big thing with the gut as well if it is inflamed all right because our vagus nerve goes into the gut, we actually have no more nerve endings in our gut than we do nerve endings in our brain. And all if all of this is irritated, it means our vagus nerve is going to be irritated as well, which means we're going our ability to switch between sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system responses is going to be affected as well. Alright, so there's a lot going on when it comes to anxiety and we have only touched on a, just a few, just a few of the things. Alright, and if you're listening to this and you do suffer from anxiety and it sounds like a little overwhelming for you to be hearing all this different information and you don't really know why, what do I do with this Ryan, where do I start? Right, this is where if you are suffering from mental health dysfunction it's really, really important to work with a qualified practitioner. All right, it's not your job to know all of these things. All right, it's my job to know all of these things. All right, and it's, it's taken years and years of research to learn all of this. It's taken 
getting it right with clients. It's taking getting it wrong with clients. It takes a lot of trial and error to figure out exactly what's going on. Now, one of the things that we can do with clients is, is we can do functional testing. Right? There's something called an organic acids test or a Dutch test. Both of them look at different hormones and metabolites in the body. But one of the big things that we can do, or one of the best places to start, is actually getting a full blood panel and a full blood count. Right? Looking at vitamin D, looking at zinc, looking at iron, looking at our red blood cells, um, looking at our omega-3 profiles, because if any of these nutrients are deficient, then the body's going to have to find that nutrient somewhere else, and it means it's going to affect another process in the body. All right, now there's some really, really important nutrients when it comes to overcoming anxiety. All right, some very, very important nutrients. One of the big ones is magnesium. All right, if we're deficient in magnesium, we're going to feel restless. All right, we're going to have more heart palpitations. We're going to be more irritated. All right, and those are all signs of anxiety. Another big one is B vitamins. All right, I could go into every single B vitamin, but we'll just touch on and see them in a broad aspect. But B vitamins plays a huge role in supporting our nervous system. All right, they can they play a key role in producing and regulating the calming neurotransmitters serotonin and GABA and play a massive role in the production of cortisol. All right, now if, if the body doesn't have B vitamins and we're always in our stress state, all right, that means that if we are a woman or if we are a man, our testosterone or our androgens, our sex hormones are going to be affected. It means that you're going to, for a man, your testosterone levels are going to be lower and for a woman, you're more likely to have a dysregulated menstrual cycle. Right, iron is also a very, very key one as well because iron carries oxygen to all part of the body. Right now, if we don't have enough iron to be able to carry oxygen around, we're not going to have proper brain function. All right, we're not going to have energy. We're going to feel lethargic. We're going to feel tired, and and it's just going to make us feel or, or it's going to give us more symptoms of anxiety. All right. Another one's omega threes. Another one's choline. I won't go too deep into those. But what I want you guys to understand is the importance of nutrition, all right? Because we're deficient in these nutrients, we're going to feel tired, we're going to feel lethargic, all symptoms of anxiety. And something that I want you guys to start to understand is anxiety isn't just of the mind, it's actually of the mind, past trauma, the body, gut health, vagus nerve, um, nutritional deficiencies, and the brain, right? Neural transmitted deficiencies. Right, so anxiety is of the mind, the body, and the brain. And if we're not working, and then there's also the soul as well. You know, if we don't have any purpose, if we're not living within our values, if we don't understand our human design and we're trying to live outside of who we are, then that's going to be effective as well. So if we're not working on our brain, our mind, our body, and our soul, there's going to be dysfunction somewhere. And this was, um, I know, it's, it's, it's always an interesting thing because every client has, has different signs, different symptoms, and, and uh, it's like piecing a puzzle together when you first start working with them. Um, I like to solve problems. That's why I love this work that I do. Um, and a lot of the things that I work with clients is, is tools and techniques that I've actually worked on myself because for years I suffered with anxiety. 
Um, I was riddled with it. Um, social anxiety, anxiety predominantly. I wasn't confident in myself. I didn't like who I was. I had lots of bullying when I was in school. So these stories, these scripts were trapped in my nervous system. I didn't really look after myself. I used to drink a lot. My liver was obviously overburdened. My gut health was no good. So when I was like 22, 23, I didn't know any of this stuff. This was before I started studying naturopathy. I used to smoke. I used to drink. My body was inflamed. Like you look back to pictures of when I was an engineer and I just looked inflamed. I looked puffy. I looked big. Um, I was exhausted. And it wasn't until I started studying naturopathy, started to learn about the importance of all these different things um, and started to do some work on myself and trial all these different herbs, trial all these different gut health techniques, um, trial all these different pre and probiotics, right? Was that I started to find and understand and actually feel the difference within myself. And then when I started to work with clients, I started to understand them more. You know, as I started to do breath work, I started to understand trauma more. As I started to study naturopathy, I started to understand the importance of these delicious herbs that the universe has provided us with. You know, ashwagandha, bacopa, um, St. John's wort, holy basil, uh, lemon balm. All of these delicious herbs, passion flower. Oh, what else we got? Lavender. Man, I love herbs. And there's so many different herbs that play such a huge role in the body and sort of gives us what we need to just feel a little bit more calm, feel a little more sedated, feel a little bit more relaxed in those moments when anxiety is taken over. All right, so that's a big part that we do use with clients as well is, is herbs because as a naturopath, it's what we do, baby. You know, we like to use different herbs. We, these, these herbs have been given to us for a reason, so we might as well utilize them, right? And we, even when you have a look at certain pharmaceuticals, it's like they're all based on the mechanisms that herbs, of herbs that were there in the first place, you know? What is complementary medicine now? This is probably going to get a little conspiracy theory for y'all, but this is what we like to do here. What is complementary medicine now actually used to be medicine before they created petroleum-based medicines. Yeah, it's uh, J.D. Rockefeller, who uh, used to own one of the biggest petro petroleum companies in America. Um, he found after World War II that there were such things as petroleum-based medicines, and he actually went into Harvard and seen this as a really good way to get rid of a byproduct of the fuel-making process. So they created a way... Um, to create petroleum-based medicines and essentially pushed out the use of herbal medicines. You know, they renamed what was medicine at the time, which you could compare to naturopathy now, as complementary medicine, meaning it was something that is there to complement it. Now, ERs, doctors, all of these beautiful people, nurses, they all have their place there's a reason they're there. If I cut my arm off, I'm not going to use herbs to try to fix it. If I'm in a state of extreme panic and psychosis and psychologists and all of that are important. So every single person on this earth has their place. But if you've tried all of that and it's not working, you're feeling dysregulated, you can't sleep, you're feeling like it's of your body and not just of your mind, then this is when naturopathy and breath work comes into play 
and we've had so much success with so many clients that that I really trust this work. You know, it's not like I'm just throwing this information out here for no reason. I know this stuff works because it worked on me and it's worked on so many other people as well. Now, another big part of what we do with clients is is helping them rewire their nervous system. All right, the vagus nerve is known as the wandering the wandering nerve. And that's because essentially it travels down our spinal column and it literally reaches every organ in the body. All right, as I said before, it controls our fight or flight response. And there's a few things that actually come into the health of our vagus nerve and that is our breath rate, all right? How much we breathe and also something called our heart rate variability. All right, our heart rate variability is the difference between the diastolic and the systolic blood um, reading on our blood pressure. And that is actually a really good measure of health because it tells us the health of our, our nervous system. And when we have a look at our breath rate and our heart rate variability, it gives us a good understanding of something called vagal tone. All right, and our vagal tone is essentially the ability between to switch between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So having a high vagal tone means that we have a higher or better ability to be switched between the two, and it means that we're not trapped in that place. So a big thing that we do with clients is actually to help them reset their nervous system, to help increase their vagal tone, so that when they do have moments of anxiety, it's not so trapped, it's not so hypervigilant, it's not so, how do I say... It just doesn't affect them as much. Their body isn't as wound up. So it means that uh, they don't get wound up. All right, so a few tools that you can use to help increase your vagal tone is therapeutic breathing. All right, something called the central nervous system shake. The hummingbird breath and cold water exposure. Another cool one as well is actually something called the the alderman itch. Alright, so if you guys want, you can grab a piece of paper because I'm just going to go through the importance and how some of these tools work because this is some things that you can implement straight away. You don't need money to buy them, okay? So even when it comes to food, you, you, you don't have to go out and buy any different food. You can literally start to breathe and have a cold shower at the end of, at the end of your night, alright? And then you're going to start to feel some effects reasonably quickly as well, all right, when your nervous system starts to unwind, you start to feel a little less stressed, your body becomes a little less inflamed, your mind starts to slow down, and you start to feel better, so let's have a look at therapeutic breathing, all right, therapeutic breathing is when we breathe in a therapeutic breath range, all right, so most people breathe between 12 and 15 breaths per minute, so we actually over-breathe. When we over-breathe, it means that we can't actually utilize oxygen, oh, sorry, we can't actually use utilize oxygen as much because we're actually dumping off CO2, all right, and CO2 is needed so that we can actually let oxygen into the cells, and then from there, we can actually utilize it. So when we're breathing in our therapeutic breath range, all right, which is six to eight breaths per minute. All right, when we're breathing in that breath range, it means we're going to properly utilize carbon dioxide. And this therapeutic breath range has been shown to one 
slows down our breath rate and two, it increases heart rate variability. So what you're going to do to sort of practice slowing down your breathing is spending five minutes three times a day. Five minutes three times a day. Morning, afternoon and evening. Practicing this therapeutic breath range. You're simply just going to do is lay down or sit up with your eyes closed. You're going to breathe in through your nose for a count of five. So you breathe in. Five. Out for five. And you breathe in. For five. And out for five. And you just carry that on for 15 minutes. Right now, for some of you, it might feel hard. You, you might not be able to breathe too deep into your diaphragm. And that's okay because breathing is like any muscle. All right, It takes practice. It takes patience. It takes time to become a proper breather. It takes time to, to help your nervous system unwind. All right, Thinking you're going to do it once and it's going to be fixed ain't going to happen. Thinking you're going to do it one day and things are going to feel better ain't going to happen. Do it for a week. You might start to feel some changes. Do it for a month. You're definitely going to notice some changes. All right, but with everything that we're talking about, it only works if you use it. All right, supplements only work if you use them. The breath and these tools only work if you use them. The gym is only effective if you go. All right, nutrition is only going to support you and help you if you actually make those conscious and right decisions. All right, so if you do one thing, if you take one thing away from this evening, it's therapeutic breathing, baby. All right, take that away and run with it. Another cool one that I like is actually called the, the central nervous system shake. All right, now if you think about it, all we are is animals. And uh, when you have a look at, the, at a gazelle, when it runs away from a cheetah, all right, the first thing it does, it shakes. All right, when you see a dog run into a doorway, the first thing it does, it shakes. And that's because it's releasing that trauma, that experience from its nervous system. Now, as human beings, we're a little bit more uptight. We don't allow ourselves to be a little weird. We don't allow ourselves to, to jump into doing some shaking. And we don't allow ourselves to get a little silly. All right, but if you are feeling stressed or feeling a little anxious, something you can do is just allow your body to shake. You know, literally stand. You don't need to look in a mirror or anything like that. You can do it in a toilet. You can do it in a cubicle. You can do it in your, in your house. You can do it wherever. You can do it in your car. And just allow your whole body just to just to shake, just to, you know, swing your arms, shake your shake your body, right? And just do it for a couple seconds, right? And you'll feel your body relax. You'll feel your nervous system be like that. Felt nice. All right, and then another big one of these tools that I'm going to go into when it comes to improving your mental health and improving your heart rate variability, increasing your vagal tone is actually cold water therapy. Now, I know for a lot of people, you're going to be like, God damn it, Ryan, this is the last thing I want to do. But when we utilize cold water therapy, and this can, predominantly, we're talking about like in an actual ice bath, all right? Spending two minutes in an ice bath increases the production of dopamine by 250%. It increases the production of norepinephrine by 450%. All right, that's 2.5 times. And that's 4.5 times. Dopamine, norepinephrine, extremely important when it comes to our mental health. All right? 
What it also does is it helps to increase our heart rate variability, which increases our vagal tone, which means our nervous system is going to be more resilient. You're also forcing yourself to do something that's really fucking hard. And when we force ourselves to do the fucking hard things, we know that we can make it through anything. Because if you can sit in an ice bath for two minutes, you can sit through fucking anything. Like That's the hardest shit you got to do. Now, an alternative to going in the ice bath that still reaps a lot of rewards is just allowing yourself to, ha- to finish with a cold shower in the morning. Or, if you already finished with a cold shower, actually having a cold shower every single morning. All right, what that's going to do is to just help the body to become rewired. Alright, so many, many tools, so many different things. You might be getting lost, you might feel like this feels overwhelmed, overwhelming. Um, and that's okay, because, you know, overcoming anxiety can be overwhelming. It takes work, it takes energy, it takes a strategy, um, it takes support, it takes guidance, it ca- takes accountability. Um, it took me, man, how long it took me? Probably took me about five years to figure out everything that I need to do to overcome anxiety, to feel more confident and comfortable within myself, to rewire my nervous system, to remove all the past trauma. It took a long time because I was piecing it together by myself. I actually didn't reach out and get much support except for trauma-release breath work. I didn't go to a psychologist. I chose not to take SSRIs. Um, and I gently figured it out through studying, through trialing, through testing, through implementing, finding things that did work and didn't work. I essentially did all of that so I could take out the guesswork in helping you guys. All right, now, an important part and one of the main mechanisms that the pharmaceutical industry focuses on is actually neural transmitters, all right? Serotonin and dopamine, GABA, and norepinephrine. Those are sort of the four main neural transmitters that we look at when it comes to our mental health and well-being. So neural transmitters are, are the chemical messages in our brain that regulate our mood, our behavior, and cognition. All right, this is essentially the messengers that get sent between all the different parts of the brain to tell the brain to do certain things at different times, all right? Serotonin, they call the feel-good neural transmitter, all right? Dopamine's all about motivation. It's all about reward. It's all about pleasure, all right? Norepinephrine is all about our, well, it's involved in our body's stress response. It's about increasing heart rate, increasing blood pressure, increasing our breath rate. Um, and GABA is, an, is something they call an inhibitory neural transmitter all right it actually helps to calm the nervous system to help us make make us feel relaxed all right so we don't need to be taking ssris um or well some people do need to I don't, i'm not going to say that actually and um, some people do need these medications in the moment but we don't need to be taking them long term and we if we're not focusing on like, how can we actually and in, naturally enhance our neural transmitters so that we don't become dependent on these drugs for the rest of our life then it makes things complicated All right so what can we do what are some lifestyle tools that you can implement or that you should be implementing to help enhance the production of these neural neurotransmitters All right a key one is exercise 
Right, exercise is going to increase the production of serotonin. It's going to increase the production of dopamine. It's going to increase the production of also something called epinephrine. Um, sorry. Um, oh, it slipped my mind. But it's also going to make you feel really, really good. You know, you get that rush of endorphins. Endorphins, that's what I was looking for. You get that rush of endorphins after exercise because that's the body's way to reduce inflammation, to make us feel good, to make us want to come back for more. You know, exercise is so important for our mental health and well-being. And it's also important for longevity. All right, meditation. All right, learning to meditate, to sit with the breath, to sit with the body, to sit in the uncomfortableness increases GABA levels in the brain which leads to a reduction in anxiety and stress over time. All right, now, the big thing with meditation is not about a perfect always. Meditation is called a practice for a reason because literally what we're doing every time we sit down to meditate is practicing, 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 practicing. And there's so many different forms of meditation. There's so many different things that we could be practicing. You know, maybe we could be focusing or practicing just sticking with the breath. Just focusing on the subtle sensations in our nose. Maybe we could be focusing on bringing more awareness to our heart space and cultivating more love for ourselves. Maybe we could be focusing on not getting trapped in the thoughts that are going through our mind. Like many different forms of meditation. And one of the biggest things when I hear or talk to clients is, I can't meditate. Well, I can't meditate either, realistically. Because meditation is actually just all about practice 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 and it's one of those things that you're not going to notice the benefit straight away but if you keep doing it you'll start to feel the benefits and then you'll be like god damn i'm glad i started i'm glad i pushed through i'm glad i chose to do this every single day make it a non-negotiable a big thing is sunlight all right sunlight increases serotonin levels in the brain all right which is going to increase our mood it's going to increase um the uh, the way in which we feel all right there's a reason they call it the winter blues because it actually exists if we're not getting that natural sunlight throughout the day predominantly in winter then we're going to feel more moody because we've got less serotonin so we want to be giving ourselves 15 to 30 minutes in the sun when the sun is at its peak all right when your shadow is less than your body all right, so normally about noon, we want to be spending time out in the sun so that we can actually start to produce serotonin. Then another big one, another lifestyle thing that we need to be focusing on and we start to look at with clients is sleep. All right, sleep is playing a crucial role in regulating the um, production of serotonin and GABA. All right, we've spoken about this before, feel-good hormones. All right, if we're not getting enough sleep, we need to figure out why we're not getting enough sleep. And then we need to make sure we get enough sleep. Right? Sleep needs to be a priority in our life. It needs to be a priority in our life. All right, so there's so many different levers that we can pull when it comes to overcoming anxiety. And that's because anxiety is going to be different for every single person. All right, what works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for every person. All right, and anxiety can be deeply rooted in trauma of the past experiences our nervous system being trapped and locked in a past state of being 
But if our body is hypervigilant, our gut health isn't there, our neurotransmitters aren't functioning, we're not getting exercise, not getting sleep, we're not hydrating, we're not looking after ourselves, we don't have purpose or a vision of how we want to live our life, then we're going to get stuck in the past. We're going to get stuck in the post or the, the tragic, the tragedy that happened to us, so much so that it's going to be so alive in our body and our mind and our soul and our psyche that that's, the, that's who we think we are. All right, one of the big things I like to focus on with clients or one of the things that people often say is, I can't do this because of my anxiety. And one of the big things I tell them is, well, it's not your anxiety. All right, when you say it's your anxiety, it means you're getting caught up in the identity. And one of the big things for people to understand is like, who are you without your anxiety? All right, when we create an identity around something, it's harder to let that thing go. All right, because it's scary. It's fucking intimidating. All right, who am I if I was free? All right, who am I if I didn't have this thing holding me back? All right, so losing the identity, allowing yourself to shift through it, it's not your anxiety. It's just a feeling. It's a symptom of a dysfunction. It's a symptom of mental health dysfunction. It's a symptom of gut health issues. It's a symptom of past traumas that you haven't moved through yet it's a symptom of you living a life a little bit out of alignment um, and not yet knowing where you want to be what you want to do and where you want to go all right so when we're talking about anxiety as i said before there's so many different tools so many different things that you can focus on from trauma release breath work to help move through some of these past experiences all right healing your guts Balancing your blood sugar levels, working with those neurological imbalances, exercising, sleeping right, exposing yourself to sunlight, making sure you're hydrated, learning to breathe, all right? learning the subtle nuances of the breath. And ultimately, when you're doing all of these things, you're actually choosing to show up for yourself. You're choosing to change your identity. You're choosing to no longer be the person that lives in the past, the person that lives in victimhood, and you're choosing to show up powerfully for you. right? Because when you start to make irrefutable evidence that you are worthy of being here through the actions you take every single day, through the promises you keep to yourself, through the way in which you show up, through the choice to no longer be in victimhood, you have no reason to stay trapped you have every reason to thrive because you're choosing to do everything you can for it now if you're doing everything you can and you still feel like anxiety is there it's because there's bound to be another dysfunction somewhere okay it could be in the mind it could be in the body it could be in the spirit right and the goal of working with a practitioner that understands trauma, understands the way in which the nervous system works, understands the different herbs that we can use, understands the different neuro neurological imbalances, understands the importance of gut health and inflammation and uh, nutritional deficiencies. When you, when you can start to understand all these different things, they can start to pull different levers at different times and really help you figure it out. 
Alright, no one should be stuck living in anxiety forever because anxiety is just a symptom of something going wrong in the mind, the body, the brain, or the soul. Alright, so there's many different tools that we can use, beautiful people. And uh, I hope me going through all these different tools has given you a little bit of light, um, has given you a little bit of an understanding of uh, the multifaceted nature of anxiety and that there is a way out no matter what there is a way out there's tools that you can use there's things that you can do because you are not going to be trapped in this state forever all right and remember a flower cannot grow in a garden full of weeds and gardening is consistent all right because if you stop doing the things that helped you move out of a state of anxiety to clean the garden, all right, sometimes those roots are going to regrow. And then we just go through, we pluck them out again. So it's constant work. It's constant work. All right, a garden will forever need to be tended to if we want to allow delicious fruits, vegetables, plants, seeds, flowers, all these things to flourish. All right. But if you haven't looked at your garden in many, many years, you can guarantee that you're going to get a few thorns as you start ripping out the weeds that are in there. All right, sometimes it can be easy, but sometimes that can be really, really challenging. And that's okay, because the more challenges we go through, the more safety we can find, the more we can start to trust ourselves, the more we can start to trust others, the more we show up for ourselves, and ultimately, the more powerful of an experience it is, and the more powerful you become on the other side. Alright, so thank you guys for listening. If you do have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to reach out to me personally. What I'm also going to do is I'm going to leave a link below to a guide that's going to give you some information on a lot of these different aspects so that you can start to implement a few things. Now, if you do have any questions, if you want to, to learn more about how I support clients, then please feel free to reach out to me. If you want to book a rebirthing breathwork session with myself or the brother Mike, then reach out to us as well. All right, beautiful people, if you are struggling with anxiety, I just want to say, lastly, it's not something that you have to live with forever. You are not destined to live with it forever. It is merely just a sign or a symptom that there is a dysfunction somewhere within you. And I know and I trust and I believe that you will find and figure it out. Either on your own or with support, you will discover how it feels to live without anxiety. And I know it's possible because I live it now. Mm. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening. I love y'all. And next week, we will be back to the duo that is the Journey Podcast with Michael and Ryan. Love y'all. <laughs>